Aging and Disease Prevention Radio is right here on Radio MD. Here's author, blogger, lecturer, and national medical media personality, Dr. Michael Smith, MD, with Healthy Talk. My guest is Donna Jackson Nakazawa. She's an award-winning science journalist, public speaker. She's written a couple different books. And we're going to talk about her latest one, Childhood Disrupted, uh, which really came about because of her own search to better understand the role her own childhood adversity played in the chronic health issues she faces as an adult. Donna, welcome to Healthy Talk. Thank you. I'm going to give your website right now because um, I'm going to make sure my listeners have a chance to spell your name. It's Donna Jackson Nakazawa.com, all one word. And Nakazawa is spelled N-A-K-A-Z-A-W-A. Donna Jackson Nakazawa.com. Okay, so childhood disrupted. Tell, so where, I mean, I just said in the intro this came about from your own issues from childhood, things you're dealing with now. Tell us a little bit about your own story. Well, um, as a science journalist, I've always been interested in the intersection between neuroscience, our immunology, and what I think of as the deepest inner workings of the human heart. And this kind of came about for me because when I was um, a young mom of two kids, I was struck by a constellation of autoimmune diseases myself, which included having Guillain-Barre syndrome twice, and it led to my being paralyzed which is not exactly how you want to spend your years as a mom with young no. children. <laughs> right. So um, at that time, I took on the task of figuring out why, as a science journalist, I was seeing such rising rates in the literature of autoimmune diseases affecting women. In fact, rates were climbing and doubling and tripling in industrialized countries around the world. And so I wrote the book, The Autoimmune Epidemic, as I began to heal and regain my ability to pick up a pen and, and walk um, as I healed from paralysis. In the course of writing that book, I became aware that one of the things, in addition to foods, chemicals, and genetics, and other factors in the human immune system that was contributing to modern disease was the 21st century levels of stress that we're living with. And so I wanted to address that, and I did in writing The Last Best Cure, this relationship between the brain state, the immune state, and disease. Okay. And I really worked um, hard with a physician at Hopkins. We did a one-year experiment to look at what would happen if I could kind of change my brain chemicals. Would my body begin to heal? And we had some extraordinary results. And I blended that together with the latest science. But in writing that book, I realized that I was leaving <laughs> out something pretty important. Yeah. And I wasn't going in complete depth into this groundbreaking science relating early adverse emotional trauma to later adult health disease. And I had a lot of questions about it. Why are some affected more than others? Why are women so very deeply affected? How is this affecting rising rates of autoimmune disease for women and so on? And so that's why I wrote Childhood Disrupted, right. personal well, and professional. Do, you, Donna, let's do this. Okay, 
I think we need to define something though here. Yeah. So you you're talking about and and you wrote it this way in 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 your letter to me adverse childhood experiences what you call aces ace what what exactly do you define as an adverse childhood experience versus say just some of the normal growing up things that happen and that might actually be helpful in just socializing and that kind of stuff how do you what, what is an ace and how do you distinguish from normal stuff well what a great question so ACEs are adverse childhood experiences as defined by um, a, a longitudinal study that's been going on since 1995 through the Centers for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente. And in that definition, it includes um, chronic toxic stressors, which are ongoing and in which kids lack the adult support they need. These include being chronically humiliated, living with an adult who injures you or slaps you or hits you physically, being touched sexually as a child um, by someone who is older, feeling that no one in the household looked out for you or found you important or special, um, often not having enough clothes or um, you know, clean clothes or food to eat, losing a parent, as we said earlier, to divorce or abandonment or death, witnessing one's mother being pushed or grabbed or harmed, um, living with an alcoholic, addicted parent, depressed, mentally ill parent, um, or having a family member who went to prison. So why are these different from stressors, you asked, that are good for children? So stressors that create resilience are what we call normative stress. And normative stress is good for kids. It teaches them that they can fail and get up again, um, that they can handle the curveballs that life throws at them. And we want these for our children. We want them to know that if you went in and didn't prepare for, um, you know, a test, you have to learn from that. I got to see next time. I want to do a little differently. If they try out for a team and it doesn't go their way, we want them to understand life goes on. You have other skills. You know, maybe you want to work harder to practice the way that you catch the ball, or maybe you want to pick up poetry. But it's okay. Life goes on. And here's the difference. With toxic, chronic, unpredictable, toxic stressors, kids are caught in a state of fight or flight. So when you think about how fight or flight works, we meet a bear in the woods, the bear is scary, we decide because our body is flooded with inflammatory hormones and a state of fight or flight, we have to decide are we going to run and hide from the bear or do we freeze and pretend not to move? But at that moment, our body is pulsing with these inflammatory uh, stress chemicals. But then the bear goes away. And we return to a state of homeostasis. <gasps> we feel better. Right. Everything should calm down. Right. <laughs> right. And we come out of the stress cycle. But what if the bear is circling the house every night? What if the bear is a parent with a mental health disorder? You never know if they're going to put you down or humiliate you or, or be loving. What if it's a parent with an alcohol problem coming in from the bar, taking off their belt, and you don't know if they're going to bed or they're going to decide something you said was not okay and and punish you, that keeps a child caught.
caught in that first half of the stress cycle. And over time, this causes what we call epigenetic changes to the brain. In other words, area genes in the brain that oversee our stress response for life actually become altered in a way that sets a child's stress response on high for life. So when we talked well, earlier... Wait, but Don, let me, let me ask you this. Let me, because that's... Yeah. Okay, okay. So when I hear that, though, so what comes to my mind then is this question. Is there a way to go back in time, in a sense, reset things back to normal, reverse some of those changes in the brain physiology that then can reduce risk of disease later in life? Is, is, um, is that what we're doing here? I mean, yeah. that's the goal? Yeah, and, and I have to tell your listeners, I would never write a book that was just a problem. <laughs> good. What would be the good of that? <laughs> right. Um, so how I knew you didn't, Donna. Donna, I was setting you up for this answer. <laughs> we actually, we're going to have to actually leave it there. But we, um, I'm going to send my listeners to uh, your website, DonnaJacksonZakazawa.com. Go check out Childhood Disrupted if you want to learn more. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Mike. Stay well. <laughs> 